Remember Old Vegas where the golf courses were right outside your door? The Casablanca in Mesquite is just like Vegas used to be. Now at bookmesquitegolf.com, you can build your own room and golf getaway starting at $100. Mesquite Golf Packages draw golfers from all over the country to play on scenic and challenging courses. Stay in a deluxe tower room and choose from six golf courses, all within a six-minute drive from the Casablanca Resort and Spa. Build your own golf getaway at bookmesquitegolf.com. Choose from six unique and challenging courses for every golfer. Find the course to match your skill level. The Palms, Falcon Ridge, Conestoga, Oasis Palmer, Oasis Canyons, or Casablanca Golf Club. So pack your clubs and reserve a tee time. Go to bookmesquigolf.com and customize your perfect golf getaway at the Casablanca Resort and Spa. Stay at the Casablanca Resort and Spa. It's just like Vegas used to be. And welcome to Coach's Corner on 94.9-96.9 FM, The Drive. I'm your host, Coach Giambola. We've got a lot to pack in today on this Monday, October 4th. We've got Monday Night Football, which is going to take up the majority of our show. But we're going to start off with two of our local programs here, UNLV Football. UNLV went down to the Alamo Dome to play University of Texas San Antonio undefeated UTSA. And outcome of the game was 24-17 for UTSA. Um, some discipline problems with some penalties really hurt the Rebels at one point. And uh, we've got Coach Marcus Herrero with his post-game commentary. Rebels are now 0-5 for the season. And Marcus Royal has yet to have a winning game in his tenure at UNLV in six games last year and five this year. They will come, they're going into a bye. Hopefully they can get healed up. They had a bunch of players injured. But here is Coach Marcus Royal talking about the loss to UTSA in the Alamo Dome. Okay, post game, we're here with Marcus Royal. Tell the guys after this one in the locker room. Uh, you got to earn, earn a win. You can't you can't play an undisciplined uh, game and, and and do things to hurt yourself and beat a good football team. So um, that was the message, very direct, um, very clean, very together um, in regards to messaging holistically across the entire program. Uh, defensively, I thought you did a pretty good job at times, especially in short yardage. And you know, since Sam McCormick's a great running back, and you had a bottle up for much of the game. Yeah, it continued to. Uh, to play to play well uh, against the run, you know, and um, I'm proud of the way the defense continues to fight. The whole group continues to fight, um, but you just you got to be able to do things that don't put yourself behind the eight ball. And uh, you know, there was there was plays in that game that really you know gave them an extra edge and, and, and limited us. And uh, we got to eliminate those. We're not good enough to overcome those yet. And so um, we've got to make sure those don't happen. Those haven't happened, and, and, and those will be fixed. What's your message to Cameron Friel, who you know a couple of times just tried to do a little too much? Yeah, I mean that's it's a it's a learning progression with a freshman quarterback. Um, you just got to be able to see the plays and, and identify them and make good decisions. Um, you know, and, and again, I can probably make sure we're putting him in a situation that doesn't make him feel like he's got to force something. But again, I don't like pulling the stinger on the quarterback. I like him to be aggressive and play ball and 
you know, one hesitant quarterback. So he'll learn from that big time. Um, he's, he's doing a heck of a job for having to step in and get done what he's got to do. We should point out that you guys were missing a bunch of players coming in. You lost Wilburn during the game. Hopefully Gio's going to be all right. Uh, the fact that Justin Rogers came in in a key situation, you know, for just one play, I thought that was massive. So that was good to see him progress. Yeah, we're, we're banged up. We're, 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 we're hurting big time. With Leak down and Connor gone and Wilborn and um, you name it, safeties and wide receivers and corners. Now Geo tight end and quarterbacks. I mean, we're we're uh, we're having to step up in some big ways. Proud of these guys for having to get on there. Justin's a good example, having to go in there and make a play, man. And uh, so we got to get back. We got to get healthy. My week's gonna help us. Yeah, last one. You, you got all this time. I mean, I would assume the message to the team, especially guys maybe who haven't played that much, is hey, second half's coming. It, all men on deck. There's going to be some opportunities to play here. Yeah, we've got seven conference games left, seven weeks. So uh, we've got a lot of stuff in front of us. we got to get healthy, and we got to be ready to roll. All right, Coach. Thank you. That was Coach Marcus Aurora of UNLV with Steve Cofield providing that for us. So uh, UNLV, as I said, 0-5 this year, 0-1, going into a bye week where they will have Utah State coming in on the 16th, a 4 o'clock game at Allegiant Stadium. You're listening to the Coach's Corner on the Highway Radio Network. We'll be back right after the short break. In 1925, Modelo began brewing beer for those who believe in better. A model beer, steeped in the tradition of tireless effort. A rich, Pilsner-style lager for those who wear their heart and heritage on their rolled-up sleeve. Since our first batch to every bottle raised today, we've proved that it doesn't matter where you come from. It matters what you're made of. Modelo Especial, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. And welcome back to Coach's Corner on the Highway Radio Network, 94.9, 96.9 FM. And another local team playing this weekend, the Las Vegas Aces. Number two in the WNBA got routed again by the Phoenix Mercury, 87-60 in a game that was hard to watch as Phoenix has totally dominated this game right from the beginning, and the Aces had no answers for anything. Um, Aces shot 31% for the game. This is the hard part. Phoenix only shot 43 for the game. But leading score for the Aces, Liz Cambage in 22 minutes. Asia Wilson, 8 points. Jackie Young, 8 points. Renika Williams, 7. Chelsea Gray, 6. Derricka Hamby, 10. Kelsey Plum, 6. So you had really nobody from the Aces that came ready to play. Um, for Phoenix, Brianna Turner, 23 points. Uh, what happened was they would double Brittany Griner. Turner would be left open. Nobleman would rotate back. Griner would dump the ball to Turner. Turner would score. Um... Brittany Griner with 18. And Diana Taurasi with 9, but she started off bombing the threes. So here is Bill Lambeer with his post-game comments. The Aces now have their back against the wall. They are facing elimination. <clears throat> this is the team that was number two in the regular season, expected to get to the finals, and expected to potentially win the WNBA championship with the addition of some players that they didn't have last year when they got to the finals. Um, but, and, but it's not happening. So there is something going on with this team. Uh, I just have a feeling with all my years of experience coaching that there is something in the background going on with this team. But here is Bill Lambeer talking about the route 
from the Phoenix Mercury 8760. Uh, opening statement. Um, different game in the last one. Um, Recording in progress. You know, our defense was okay. We played a little better defensively, but offensively, we stunk her. Uh, a lot of credit goes to them. They played very hard on defense. Uh, good share of the credit goes that way, but also we just didn't, didn't have it. Offensive wise today, look at our numbers. Uh, shooting 30%, you're not going to win any game, period. Uh, two for 14, two for nine, three for nine, two for seven. Uh, pick any of the above. I think we were a little anxious today, offensive wise. Um, we pushed the ball well, but then we never slowed down. Missed a lot of shots we normally make. Um, too many pick and rolls, and the ball movement, uh, et cetera, like that. Um, but like I said, give them credit. They played a very fine basketball game. Uh, we have another game to play on Wednesday. I think we're going to play our best game on that one. Uh, we didn't just, you know, Asian didn't get on track today. And they did plumb. Those are our two, you know, primary scoring weapons right now. Didn't happen for us. It is what it is. On the next game, it's a 200-minute series. We told them that at the start. And I continue to believe it's a 200 mid series. We're going to win the next game. That's our plan. Bill, you were down last year, two games to one to Connecticut in the semifinals. You were down 2 1 against Sacramento in the finals in 06 and came back to one. What's the key to that time between games three and four? Belief, belief in yourself, uh, belief in your teammates, uh, confidence. Uh, we're a fine basketball team. We just haven't played that way in the last two games. Okay, it happens. Why we play in the series? That's why we played a regular season to be in this position where you can stumble, or you can stub your toe, and then come back and win. Uh, so we're in that position. We just got to go execute our, our game plan. The coaches are going to look at the film. We've made a lot of mistakes today from a coaching perspective, uh, not from a player perspective. From a coaching perspective, defensively, we need to clean that up, change some things, and see what happens. Michelle. Yeah, coach, I wondered, obviously a pretty big rebound discrepancy. Can you can you sort of address what goes to that and, and how big a factor Turner was today for them? Well, when you when you miss a lot of shots like we did, the, the defensive team's going to get a lion's share of the rebounds. There's no question about that. Uh, so it's already going to be skewed to that end. Uh, as far as them getting that many offensive rebounds against us, like I said before a few minutes ago, we made some defensive uh, plays that uh, were probably wrong and gave them opportunities. Uh, they rolled down the lane, they got open, it was two on one on the bigs a lot of times. Uh, so it was a situation, we're gonna make some coaching changes, uh, some X and O changes, and hopefully take some of that away. Uh, and you know, we can't give them that many offensive rebounds. Um, they only shot 44%, that's okay. Too many offensive rebounds and we shot like crap. So that's the story again. Thanks. Howard? Hey, Bill, wondering what you saw out of Liz today, getting 22 minutes, 13 points from her. How far along is she in getting back to the Liz that you had uh, earlier this year? No, she won't get there even if we go to another series. Uh, it's not going to happen. Um, she just doesn't have the win right now. The COVID took a lot out of her. So it's going to be one of those things where I have to manage my way through it. And it's, it's hard when she's, when she's got a couple of baskets in a row and then all of a sudden she has to come out. Uh, so it, it hurts a little bit in that regard. But it is what it is. I can't run from it. I have to manage it and do the best I can. So uh, she's not going to be the same player as she was uh, at any time in these playoffs. Thank you, Bill.
Well, we let Turner get a lot of that stuff today. You know, our defensive schemes that we put in there didn't work today. And not only from a, she got the dump off baskets. It wasn't anything that she really did as somebody else in her team made the play and she was a recipient of a bunch of garbage points and, and rightfully so. Also, she went and got offensive rebounds because we left her alone because of our defensive scheme. We, we kept a big perimeter to stop the guard. She rolled down the middle of the lane and got offensive rebounds. So we understand what happened to us. It's a matter of the adjustments we're going to have to make for the next game. You can't worry about the past game. You have to worry about the next game. Uh, you know, we, we've been a fine basketball team all year long. We've had our ups and downs. Uh, so we've had a couple downs now. Okay, it is what it is. Uh, but come back the next game. That's who we are. We're not going to stop. We're going to keep competing. We're going to keep pushing. We're going to try to be relentless. And hopefully good things go our way. He's going to play hard and play with confidence. Uh, you know, I know, I know she's a bit down right now because she didn't play well today and didn't, you know, and hasn't really got on track like everybody thinks it's Asia Wilson, but she, but it's not the way we are structured right now. Our guards are having fun, you know, are playing well. So the ball is not going to go exclusively through her. Uh, so it's a little bit of, not a change, but that's just how we've been playing in the last 15 games. Uh, it is that right now she's not making the shots, not confident. She started with her free throws about three games ago. And it just kind of wore on her a little bit. I thought in the second half today, I thought that she found a bounce that we've been looking for. And I thought she competed. Some of the shots still didn't go in, but at least the confidence in the bounce was there. Then every, every game's going to be different. Uh, you know, today we were focused on Tarasi a little bit too much, and that's how they got so many offensive rebounds. Our things got extended. Uh, you know, they're fire, they have a very fine basketball team. They got two of the all-time great players on their team. It, it makes you pay attention to them. And so, you know, we're going to make some adjustments defensive-wise, uh, try to figure out how what's the best for us way to play them, give us the best chance to win. And offensive-wise, we're going to have to do a little better job. The neighbors, there they go again. Jeez, it's like clockwork. Every weekend, he grabs his clubs, she grabs a duffel, and they're gone for the night. And when they come back, they look so relaxed and happy. Where do you think they go? Well, they're not rich, so it must be affordable. Maybe some kind of marriage retreat? Oh, right, with golf clubs? And she looks so refreshed. We could use some of whatever it is. Go ask them when they get back. Well, they're back. And you won't believe it. Surprise me. They've been going to Casablanca Resort in Mesquite on that $99 room and golf getaway. Sometimes they go for the $99 room and spa getaway. They love it. Hey, we could afford 99 bucks, and it's only a little more than an hour's drive. Let's treat ourselves. Book your $99 room and golf or spa getaway today at mesquitegaming.com or call 877-GETAWAY. Casablanca Resort in Mesquite, just like Vegas used to be. Must be 21 years or older. And welcome back to Coach's Corner on the Highway Radio Network. And tonight, Monday Night Football. Expecting a great game from the Raiders and the Chargers.
Yes, it's Monday Night Football with the Las Vegas Raiders and the L.A. Chargers at SoFi Stadium in L.A. And we've got two interviews here. We're going to have, uh, first of all, John Gruden talking about what he thinks is going to happen. And then we're going to have uh, offensive coordinator Greg Olson talking about how his offense is going to go against the defense of the Chargers. So this is courtesy of the Raiders Network. We're going to bring you that right now. So the first interview will be John Gruden and then uh, Coach Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator, will talk about what he thinks they're going to be able to do against this Chargers defense. Okay, I'll be happy to answer any questions I can. Big week. Um, yeah, you know, we're, uh, we're going to list him as questionable. We'll run him around game day and see how he feels. We... <laughs> are still getting Peyton Barber the reps that he needs to learn our offense. He just got here. We're working Jalen Richard back. He hasn't practiced since the first part of August, and we're working Jacobs back in. So uh, I would think right now he's very questionable, and we'll let you, we'll have to let you know on, on Monday night. That's it. How critical is it to get that running game going in this game? Because the Chargers. We just want to win. You know, if, if we have to throw it, we'll throw it. We do want to run. We're trying. We'll continue to try, but um, we want to win the game. And we got the running game going a little bit last week. We certainly uh, know how hard it is to do in this league, and um, we we got to do it the old-fashioned way. We don't run a lot of zone reads, and you know our quarterback is is a guy that we're counting on to throw it from the pocket, not run from the pocket a lot. So we got to do it the old-fashioned way. We got to do better. When playing a division opponent on Monday night, is there a a different level of preparation just because you have that extra day and you yeah you know we uh, we're having a hard time with this one honestly because they have a new staff you know you end up watching more ram tape than you do charger tape you end up watching new orleans saints tape to see where the origins of some of these plays are coming from so it'll be a challenge for us they're a mystery they're a very talented well-coached team but it'll be a mystery it'll be a tough game for us that's good Thanks, Will. Thank Thanks for helping me. Uh, help, Will helps me with my exit strategy every day. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's it. Have a good weekend, guys. <coughs> that was Coach John Gruden talking about Monday Night Football, which on paper should be a great game. Uh, they're expecting a great crowd for the Raiders. So anytime a game is in L.A., you're going to see a ton of Raiders fans there. And it could be almost a home game uh, feeling for the Las Vegas Raiders when they get to play tonight. So now we're going to bring you uh, offensive coordinator Greg Olson's how he's going to attack the defense of the Los Angeles Chargers. Get started. Coach, uh, it might be nitpicking a bit, uh, considering you guys are 3-0 right now, but slow starts again have kind of have played you, and then you've been unbelievable in second period through fifth period, really. Um, how much of a concern is how much has it been addressed just starting faster? Yeah, I think, again, um, it's it's good that when you can teach uh, after winning uh, the game, it's much easier to do that than if you're losing games. So, obviously, it's an emphasis of ours to play a complete football game. The good thing is, is that... I mean, we are three and zero. We don't feel like we played a complete football game offensively. So, uh, fast starts uh, is is always uh, for us uh, 
in meetings or on the practice field. It's always an emphasis, and then we'll continue to make an emphasis going forward. It was almost inevitable that a learning curve for the starting center, Andre James, playing as a starter for the first time in his career. Um, how, how do you feel like that's progressed? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we're always, like we say, as long as a guy's continuing to get better on a daily basis or game-by-game -game basis, and uh, it's very difficult to have the arrows just go completely up without having any dips. Uh, so, we, you know, understanding of that, that there, there might be a game where it feels they level up, but we still feel like he's just getting better, and we see it every day on the practice field. And, again, we feel like he's shown improvement from game one through game three. So we just continue, you know, continue to believe that arrow's going to rise. Barry, I know we talk a lot in the training camp about, you know, red zone offense, improving in that area, being a playing system into this year. It seems like that's still a work in progress. From your standpoint, what do you think the key of improving in that area is? Well, family and turnovers are, you know, a couple of areas that we've got to clean up on. So when you look at the, you know, we're in a three-game, obviously a three-game sample right now. But um, we like the plan. We like the, you know, the, the, the plan that we put together for all three opponents. And uh, we feel like the plan has been good. And it's just a matter of a little better execution and taking care of football. Greg, with Dirk playing as well as he is, how much liberty does he have, whether it's audibling or changing things on the field? Uh, I wouldn't say it's a... a we would give him that freedom based on how he's playing. It's just that his now that he's in his fourth year in the system, I think experience within the system is part of the reason why we're allowing him to do more at the line of scrimmage. And, and along with that has come better play, obviously, but that comes with the experience in the system as well. So uh, he's a very intelligent guy, as you guys know, and as, as John has alluded to. Um, they're really on the same they're on the same page on everything when they get into on game day. Uh, I think Derek. Uh, is going where John wants him to go with the football. So uh, with that, again, with, with the, uh, his ability to get us out of bad plays, uh, we've allowed him to do more at the line of scrimmage. Coach, when you're off to a 3-0 start, what's the fine line between allowing the team to become too complacent or too overconfident? Well, I think I mentioned it last week, you know, um, Gus, we say Gus Bradley has the saying, be allergic to the big meal, but also uh, if you've, if you've had a chance to be around uh, Coach Gruden uh, and you see, it, I know there have been some sound bites even on, on, on him talking to officials. And he's no different than he is with the, the, our players uh, on a practice field. Um, it's never good enough. And uh, I, I, that's just who he is. And uh, with that mindset, I just think the players understand that he's never going to allow them to be complacent at practice. Uh, to feel too good about what they're doing. They can always get better, and, and he's always going to push and drive them uh, the way that only he can. And, uh, again, I think it's it's interesting. You think he's hard on the officials, you should hear him on a Wednesday or Thursday practice. So uh, I don't think that will be an issue. Greg, what does it say about the, the maturation of Brian Edwards as he continues to kind of become a closer, really, in the fourth quarter and in overtime? Yeah, I'd say Brian, and really, uh, you know, we talk about Henry Ruggs as well, just the strength that they're playing with this year, the ability to go up and snatch the ball in a competitive situation, and not only to catch it, but also to get the run after catch. And that's something we've emphasized. I know Edgar Bennett, our wide receiver uh, coach, he, he touches upon it every week to the offensive uh, unit uh, for everybody, that uh, we've got to be better with our run after contact, our, our run after uh, catch has got to be better. And we've seen that improvement this year, specifically from those two players, from Edwards and Ruggs. So, uh, you know, that's that's just something that, again, it's, it's emphasized, but it, it doesn't come about by accident. I think both of the guys that you're talking about and really 
for Ryan, it's been staying healthy. You know, he's healthy finally. Uh, came out of college with a bad foot. He got injured here with us last year. So now he's healthy. He's able to lift weights and do things with our strength and conditioning uh, group who've done a fantastic job with, with all of our position groups on offense. But I think they're just bigger, stronger, and they're faster this year. And, and again, there's a want to. They got a want to do it too. Uh, they want to they play stronger. They want to break tackles. They want to be part of uh, you know, what we're doing here offensively. And, and they're really a pleasure to coach and we're lucky to have them. Has Peyton Barber, in, in your mind, earned himself a role even when, when Josh is back and healthy and ready to go? Yeah, we were, we were uh, extremely excited about Peyton based on his performance last week and also his performance on the practice field. But not only has he shown the ability to run hard and, and understand the scheme at which we're asking to run into, but he's also a very intelligent player. And he's uh, had some nice blitz pickups last week, uh, protection uh, pickups. So we like what we've seen thus far. It's, again, it's, we'd say a one-game sample with us, but we liked him when he came out of Washington and what he was doing there. So we feel like we got a good player there, and uh, we're continuing to see him develop. Very good. Thank you, guys. Yep. That was offensive coordinator Greg Olson talking about how they're going to attack the Chargers. And prior to that, we had John Gruden with his overall assessment of the game coming up. So, again, it should be a good game. Chargers are favored by three currently right now, but we will see what's going to happen here. And uh, Raiders 3-0. Want to make sure that this is not a figment of someone's imagination. And they're looking to go down and become 4-0 and lead the division. You're listening to Coach's Corner on the Highway Radio Network. Brought to you by the Casablanca Hotel and Casino in Mesquite, Nevada. If money was no object and you and a friend could get away to a beautiful nearby resort for a 24-hour stay that includes a world-class spa treatment, would you do it? Now, what if I tell you $99 is all you need for that same scenario and the resort is a fabulous Casablanca in beautiful Mesquite, Nevada? You'll be rejuvenated inside their spa and salon with a Swedish massage, European facial, or pumpkin pedicure of your choice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Casablanca Resort's $99 room and spa getaway. You can get away from your stress and start to refresh in less than an hour's drive. And when you come, enjoy our delicious dining, nightly entertainment, championship golf courses, and famous weekend brunch buffet. Book your $99 room and spa getaway today at mesquitegaming.com or call 877-GETAWAY. Must be 21 years or older. Casablanca Resort in Mesquite. It's just like Vegas used to be. And welcome back to Coach's Corner on the Highway Radio Network. And now defensive coordinator Gus Bradley talking about how he's going to attack uh, defensively these Chargers. And uh, you've got to remember, that's where he came from. There's some familiar faces there, but there's been a lot of turnover since he's left. But here is Gus Bradley, courtesy of the Raiders Network. Okay, open up for questions. Right. Well, and you know, you have a good feel for the personnel, you know, but uh, you know, always appreciate the time there. A lot of good people, and, and 
you know, but now we're Raiders. And, uh, you know, so you watch them. When you watch tape, you really watch more because it is a completely different offense. They do a good job utilizing their personnel. They got a lot of different guys at skill set, their tight end position, wide receiver position. And we think they do a really good job utilizing it and putting them in position to make a lot of plays. Yeah, he was pretty good right from day one. You know, uh, very athletic, very poised, very confident. Um, you know, a leader in his own way. Um, you know, I'm sure he's probably even grown in that area. But, I mean, you sure felt him on the field, even in practice. Some, his skill set somewhat feels different than the first three. Like, what are you most concerned with what he can do compared to the three you've already faced? Yeah, we face really different styles of quarterbacks. Uh, but he, he's kind of a combination now. He's big, tall, strong, very accurate. Completion percentage is high. Uh, quarterback rating is high. Uh, doesn't get rattled much. Very, very good against the pressure. Uh, can run when needed. Extends plays. Looks downfield to make big plays. Uh, receivers know him, and they understand that part of it. So, uh, just I've got we got a lot of respect for him now. A lot of respect, and we saw it. You know, some of the guys that were on staff later saw it firsthand, and know what he's you know about up to this time. You know, we haven't been obviously with him now, so I'm sure he's even grown more. Yes, I know the secondary is dependent on the pass rush to a degree, but what do you think has allowed you all to be successful in just in pass coverage in general? Well, um, you know, I think we're kind of a work in progress there. We're seeing some really good signs. Uh, yeah, there's some mistakes being made out there. So I think that's always an area of improvement for us, but it seems like they're understanding concepts better. Some of the things that we're teaching them, uh, the players are picking up, and they're teaching us too some of the ways they see it. So it's, it's good dialogue between both groups, but, uh, you know, we're, we're still not a finished product by any means, but it looks like football for the most part many times. KJ Wright's snaps were a little bit limited uh, on, on Sunday. Was that just a product of... You know, kind of yeah, some of the personnel that they had in the game, you know, uh, how we wanted to play it. So he, he's been playing very well for us. So we need to continue to get him on the field. Good things happen when he's out there. Sounds like another... you talk about Denzel, he's a thumper. That guy's an enforcer, just his play and how you. Yeah, he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. He's, um, you know, versus the run and the pass. His leadership skills that he's always possessed are really showing up. Uh, the players are responding to him in critical times. Uh, you know, he has a sense of poise about him. He gets us lined up and ready to go. So, yeah, he's, uh, you know, I think his banked experiences in the, in the uh, defense has been good. So all that combination, he's a, a very good player. I mean, he's blessed with some God-given talent, and he's utilizing it. So yeah, we're, we're very pleased with how, how far he's come along. Another guy you've been getting a lot out of is uh, Casey Hayward. Yeah, last time we talked to him, he said uh, he, he just feels like he's been lucky the first three games. So is, is there a little bit more to it than that? Yeah, I, you know, he does a good job. He's very smart. I think you saw him. I think it was, what, the Pittsburgh game he came off. He just has a good feel for route combinations and, you know, in certain situations, situational football. And, uh, you know, he, he's been like that for the times I've known him. So, uh, you know, I think he, he brings that poise, too, I think, back there as a group. You mentioned when you talk about Casey, if we could just piggyback on that two-part question. You think about his safety. It, it makes a momentum shift from Zay's coverage of special teams in, that, in a game. But how can a big play like that have an impact for the next game, the next month, the season, just in terms of being able to re relate back to that? And also with Casey, just the impact you're seeing after three games on the young. Well, I mean, we always talk about, you know, something good is about to happen. 
you know, more of that mindset. And, uh, you know, rather than, oh, no, we're, we, you know, it's a sudden change. <laughs> you know, what's going to happen when we go out in the field? You know, more change that philosophy. Than, no, no, something good's about to happen. So, you know, here it is backed up. And in case he makes that play, it, it adds to that mentality that we're building. And our players have it by nature, but it, it sure is a good sign. And even though I think if you watch the tape, we weren't quite positioned right. You know, there were some guys trying to get lined up a little bit late, but he still played fast. He recognized the formation, understood the situation, and then played fast. So I, it's, it was big for momentum. I think it got us going a little bit, you know, especially defensively. You know, to, you know, not that our mindset was ever affected, but it only adds to it. Adds to it. Coach, when you talk about the mentality of the team, how is it when you're 3-0 that you kind of help them keep uh, in between the line of becoming complacent or overconfident? Right. Well, I think they see it on tape. You know, some of the things that, you know, we missed some tackles. You know, our effort wasn't to the standard we were looking at, and it's a high standard. Coach Marinelli does a great job with that. So there's always things to work on. If we're truly after we talk about victory, being the best that we can be, you know, it's hard to accomplish that. So it's always that nugget out there that we're not there yet. We're not there. You know, there's no such words uh, as we have arrived. And I think they can see that on tape. So it's pretty good in our room. They hold each other accountable. They really have done a good job on all that. And like I said, I give credit to them and their position coaches for really instilling that. Coach, it's a, it's a different staff there, but there are some of the same players are around. Some guys have practiced. Yeah. Extra system. Is there um, any thought of like you have to change verbiage? Is there things you have to change in terms of checks at the line? Yeah, I think there's. You know, you have to be aware of that. You know, I'm sure there's conversations just like we talk about the personnel, right? What's Keenan like? What's Mike Williams like? I mean, you have bank experiences. And so, you know, there's some staff members that are there, so we're, we're well aware of that and understand the game within the game that's being played as well. So, somebody talked about Keenan, but Mike Williams seems to play the X, I think, under Lombardi. Like, do you see a different Mike Williams right now? He, he's a guy that I felt like the time I was there, every game, every practice, he seemed to gain more and more confidence. And the big plays came with it. So he made a lot of big plays last year. And, uh, you know, it's, it's that type of mentality. He's playing very uh, with a lot of confidence right now. Their skill set at receiver, they've got speed. They've got really, really good route runners. They've got big body frame guys. Uh, the tight ends are big. So they've really done a nice job. I think, the, you know, where it really jumps out at you on film is the offensive line. You know, I think that's what's, you know, you look at them across the board and their offensive line is really built uh, very well. And they've done a good job there with that personnel. You mentioned Trayvon Hall in training camp is improving the consistency or being a consistent player during training camp. Is that, do you feel like that's carried over to, to this regular season? Yeah, I think he's also, you know, kind of a work in progress. Uh, he's getting more and more opportunities. I think he'll get more opportunities this week. You know, we'll, we'll have a good feel for where he's at on things just because the style of the way they play offense. So he'll, he'll get some opportunities. So this will be a great challenge for him. Is there a player that you're watching on film that maybe on game day you're not noticing, but on film you're like, wow, that guy's really playing well? You know, I would say probably Corey Littleton is doing a good job for us. I think he's a guy that's improving. I think, you know, obviously there's guys in the defensive line, um, you know, that are playing pretty well for us right now. Uh, it, 
Corey Littleton's the guy that jumps to mind right now. Nate Hobbs is doing good. You know, he's been very solid for us, and, and he made a couple big plays last week. So, you know, it's just been a really a steady performance. And then, obviously, the guys that are, are doing some good things stat-wise, you know, I'm sure they stand out. But overall, those guys have done a nice job within the scheme. Wes Herbert has been really good against the Blitz, which is something we don't see often from young quarterbacks. Uh, you guys always kind of rely on your front four to get there without Blitz help, but how important is that, especially this week against a quarterback? He, I mean, he's he, we got every week we go into it with a plan to affect the quarterback. I think you know we said depending on the game last week, we came out right away and we ran more pressures. You know, it really depends on who we're seeing and how effective we need to, you know, to be to affect the quarterback. So he, he presents a challenge. He, you're right. He is extremely uh, talented against the blitz, understands where he wants to go with the balls. And just I think that's maybe the banked experiences of being around guys like Keenan. He's not only just a good route runner, a really good receiver, but he's very intelligent. And he understands coverages and you know where they want to go with the ball and what he needs to do. So I think they're de developing a chemistry between them, and um, you know that's just time spent. So without being there, you're just watching on tape, but it feels that way. What kind of challenges does it present preparing for a team that has such a, a dynamic receiving weapon out of the backfield, a running back that can run such good routes? He, he is. You know, I'm glad you mentioned him because he is. He's a guy that will keep you up. And, you know, wondering because they position him so many different places. And it's not just one thing, hey, he's outside, run a goal ball. I mean, they, they really treat him like a receiver and they'll position him <laughs> any, anywhere. So he's kind of a Camara type for them. You know, Joel Lombardi's got some, you know, um, experience or he's been at the Saints and how they use Camara. And, you know, they're, they're utilizing him the same way. So he, he's always a challenge. You know, we have to have a good plan for him and have good awareness where he's at at all times. Yeah, I mean, we just, I think uh, it was really the two minute tight drives, you know, that we struggled in. And, uh, you know, that was just some communication things. We just got to clean it up. There's a few missed assignments in, you know, kind of a panic type time, you know, when they're moving the ball, you don't get a chance to huddle. So those are things that we, we definitely address and got to work on. The Chargers do a great job. They're a team that goes for it on fourth down. You know, so we got to do a good job. We understand that, you know, their mentality, <laughs> you know, it could be four down territory anywhere on the field. And, uh, you know, we have to understand that part of it. Gus, over the last several years, you've somewhat seen the evolution of Casey's play from role player to now brought in here as a leader. Um, how much have you leaned on him or will you lean on him in terms of both y'all's experience in the Chargers, and especially since he was brought in to, to sort of, you know, spearhead the secondary but teach the youngster? Are, did you, are you saying Casey Hayward? Did I hear it right? Okay, yeah. I mean, we do. We have constant conversations, but it's really Casey, you know, the, all the corners. You know, and if we get together, we get together as a group. You know, Ron Miles and Addison Lynch, they do a great job. You know, they, I think that communication, that group, they really bonded together. And, um, you know, it's pretty cool to see how they brought that whole group together. And Casey's been a big part of that. So not only scheme-wise, but just, I think, the presence. It's, it's great. Coach Gruen always says it's nice to have a veteran presence in each position group. And, you know, we kind of have that, a KC, a, you know, a KJ, a, you know, a Corey Littleton, and then the D-line. There's multiple guys that, you know, have that, that kind of presence about them in each position group. So we're fortunate that way, and Casey's been, you know, an A-plus as far as that's concerned.
much. Okay, thank you. Welcome to Coach's Corner, and we've got a great guest here, Julia Abuzide, the general manager of Mesquite Gaming Casablanca Hotel and Resort. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for having me. Now, we've got some great news about the Casablanca. You've, you've, you kind of just swept a bunch of awards here um, in the Review Journal's annual Best of, correct? That is correct. The Casablanca Resort received the gold award as top destination uh, for uh, for our hotel and our property. That's awesome. Very thrilled about that's, that. That's the best you can get. That's the best you can get. So It's an amazing recognition for, for our property. Well, and, espe- in and, and especially who you have to compete against because you're competing against the big boys down here in Las Vegas. That is correct. So that that is totally awesome. Awesome and unbelievable. Yep. So, um now, one of the things, and some of the, if people don't know, you offer everything at the Casablanca. You've got gaming, you've got a world-class spa, you've got unbelievable dining at Catherine's. Uh, that that in and of itself has received a bunch of awards, correct? So Catherine's Steakhouse yeah. won the silver award? That is correct. We took a silver award in fine dining. Yes, and that's awesome. And also... Casablanca is one of the top 100 romantic restaurants in the country, uh, correct? Four years in a row on open table. We're very thrilled about that prestigious honor. Yeah, that's that's great. And if you haven't been to the, the restaurant, it's unbelievable. Service is great. Food is unbelievable. And right now we're finishing up stone crab season. we got about another couple, three weeks maybe, of stone crab. And they have their stone crab flown in fresh daily, and it's unbelievable. Um, and, and along with... The other, you have great wine selections, but the thing that's really amazing to me, very, very economical for anybody that wants to come and, and have a great meal at a very good price compared to what's happening down here in Las Vegas. Absolutely. Catherine's is a very affordable, fine dining restaurant, uh, great steaks. Uh, we have great seafood. And we're just thrilled that we, we have that recognition on the Silver Award for the fine dining. And, and we took bronze also for best date night spot at Catherine's. <laughs> so super excited about all the awards that, that P-Gaming and Casablanca took from the Best of Las Vegas. And it's definitely an experience you have to, you have to go and, and visit it. It's a great experience. The service is outstanding. Food is great. Um, your wines, your wines are compared to what's, the price of a bottle of wine in Vegas would be 50% maybe? Oh, absolutely. You could get two bottles for the price of one out here in Mesquite. <laughs> right, right. So, um, so again, if you get a chance and you're up in, up in the Mesquite area, stop over, go to, you got to get a reservation though. Cause they, they're packed. They, they we, sell out quick. We do. We do. Yeah. Sure. Now you've also got some additional awards. You've got some bronze awards. For the Casablanca Resort and Casino, right? Absolutely. The Casablanca took bronze in a few different categories. We took best of golf course at the Casablanca Golf Course, uh, best family and friendly hotel. You know, pool season is here. So, and the pool is heated and open seven days a week now. Uh, great staycation. We're only 70 miles outside of Vegas. So, you know, head north on the 15 and, and you've come to a great little spot for a little R&R. Right, and you've got you've also have the best family friendly hotel, best romantic spot, best spa and salon, 
and your spa is basically it's a world class spa. Let's be let's be real about it. It's a world class spa. Yeah, you can't go wrong with a nice uh, ninety nine dollar package out there with a hotel room and a and a fifty minute treatment out at the spa. It's, it's top rated spa and very affordable. We're very happy to have uh, that amenity out here in Mesquite. And your sister property, the Virgin River, got the best destination casino resort award in the Bronze area too. Yeah, the Virgin River is a little bit more kid-friendly out there. We've got a bowling alley. We've yeah. got an arcade, a uh, bunch of things for kids to do, and, and they're also pet-friendly out there. So, you know, Virgin River is definitely uh, definitely another uh, exciting uh, award out there for us. Yeah. So just, just to recap again, you received the Gold Award in the Review Journal's annual Best Of for the Top Destination Casino Resort, which, again – when you're you're playing against the big boys, how did you do this? What what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're thrilled. You know, our little gem in the desert out here is, it was recognized for such a prestigious award, and and you know our staff. We've got 25 year plus employees out here, so they do take pride in, in this award as well. And we're very fortunate to have those people working for us. But it, it's it's definitely uh, such an achievement and amazing status for us. Uh, especially over, you know, getting through this difficult year. But we did it here in Mesquite, and we received our gold award. Very happy. Yeah, it's, that's a that's an outstanding award, and I, I, I want to compliment you and your staff and, you know, all your support people there. And um, and, like, and like I said, people people are missing what is there. I mean, you got to go up and check it out. It's an unbelievable place. It's not It's not overwhelming, but it's not tiny. So it's right. kind of a, 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 a the right size. Everybody's is friendly. Um, the the rooms are great. The food is awesome. Even even your daily restaurant. It, yeah, our, our cafe our cafe is great. We have daily specials. We have uh, Chinese specials. We have uh, authentic Chinese chefs cooking in the kitchen seven days a week. Uh, really happy about that. We have a, a steak and, and lobster special in our cafe which is an, an amazing, uh, amazing meal as well. Right. So if you're interested, you can get, call 877-GETAWAY. That'll be 877-438-2929. Or visit mesquitegaming.com for all the information about the hotel, the spa, the golf course. Like I said, it's a one-stop destination for, for whatever you need. It's Whatever you need, it's there. They've got it. They've got it covered. Yes, we do, and we're very happy about that. So come on down to Mesquite. And uh, check out the Casablanca Resort. Well, we want to thank you uh, for coming on the show and letting our listeners know about the the awards that you've won in the Great Hotel. Been talking with Julia Abuzide, the general manager of the Casablanca Hotel and Casino in Mesquite, Nevada. Thanks, Coach.